Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com prenatal. Hello and welcome to Killing It, the Crimecast. I'm Lux. And I'm Sam. And it's Sam's birthday when this episode comes out. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you're hearing this episode, it will be my birthday. Woo! The 26th of June. Heck yeah. A little bit of housekeeping, just a big old thank you to Paul who pledged to our Patreon. Yeah, thank you, buddy. That sentence didn't go well. Thank you, Sri. Um, you have a sticker coming your way. I posted it, but I don't know how long it's going to take because we're in England and, and you're not. Yeah, it'll be a while, but you'll you'll get it. You'll get one. I, I promise you'll get it. Unless the bloody postal system doesn't work. The bloody post Bl- office. Classic bloody post office. I feel like we couldn't be more English right now. We're just sitting here complaining about the post office. I mean, there wasn't a queue yesterday when I went though, which is um, unusual. That's unheard of. I know. Jesus Who's Christ. Who's jealous? I'm, I'm very jealous. Everyone's jealous. So. That's it, really. That, that's all the housekeeping we have. We don't uh, have a lot. It's my birthday. Thank you to Sri. That's it. Happy do, birthday, me. Do some murder talk now, Sam. Yeah, let's talk about some murder. Right. So I'm going to go first this time. Uh, this is my story. Uh, content warning. It's just a bit violent. There's not any huge sort of horrible graphic Thank details. Thank God, because last week was disgusting. You know, I was re-listening to the episode, as I do every week, just to, like, learn a bit from how we can improve and just because, you know, I'm a narcissist and I enjoy hearing my yeah. own voice. Oh, it's fun. And uh, I actually had to stop halfway through your one again because I had already heard it, oh. so I knew what was coming. So I was just like, I, I can't I can't listen to it again. Yeah, it was really bad. It was so great. And I, I was home alone as well, so I was just like, oh, no. It's, it was. I think it was so necessary to see, to, like, explain this character by going into the detail. Yeah. Because he's idolized horrific, bloody, violent yeah, serial yeah, yeah. killers. Like, I don't blame you for doing it. I'm just saying, I did not enjoy the details. Yeah, it was pretty so rough. So I'm glad you don't have any this week. This one isn't, this one's just, this one's just crazy. Like, it's not super bloody or mm-hmm. graphic. It is violent, obviously. But it's just, it's just insane. All right. The game. We're going to play the game. The game. Um, This guy, I promise I'm going to get a jingle for this eventually. It's going to happen. And the day it does, y'all laughed at me. <laughs> Y'all told me I was crazy. You said it wouldn't happen. You said it wouldn't happen. Well, guess what? Here's a jingle. I'm just going to go like, fuck you, play. And it's going to be like something like just like <gasps> harmonies and no. it's be magical. That's probably going to be the a, best idea. Pro- what? As a birthday present to Sam, if you are a music person and you think of a jingle, send them on in. Okay, yeah. Yeah? If we get if if you send in a jingle, we will play it. And we might even use it as the official jingle. But we'll use it in, in at least one episode. Oh, for sure. Heck yeah. Absolutely. Do it. Save Sam some time. He's a busy boy. Yeah, but, I, but worst case scenario, I'm going to make a jingle. Sweet. Um, so I want you to remember mm. that this guy's crimes are super brutal. His name is Wu Bum Con. I know. I know it's funny. <laughs> but in South, in South Korea, that's quite a normal name. Woo, that bum. Wait, it's a con. Again. 
it's just a drag queen that takes out all her padding. Yeah, it's a uh, bum con. Wait, so are we playing the game? Yeah, we are. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm okay. just I'm just saying like this is his name. <laughs> and, um, he is a cross between Son of Sam and right. the Virginia State School Killer. That's the guy who was perched on top of a like a tall building in a school and just started like taking people out with yeah. a sniper rifle. So Son of Sam and the school shooter were both gun people. So I'm assuming he, that's how he does his thing. Wu Bum is a is a is a gun guy. You're the one laughing. You're I the can't. one doing it. I'm for for once. I'm not the one who's being like potentially racist. It's funny. Woo bum. Woo bum. <laughs> exactly. Come on. Um. Okay. And then the son of Sam thing. Was he like sort of visionary in that he was slightly mentally ill and had like schizophrenia or something along those lines? Yeah. He he had a, like a, a really bad inferiority complex. Basically, okay. the idea is it was a mass killing. It was a spree killing, a spree mass killing. And they were used a gun, but also it was like, like Son of Sam, it kind of was, he was a little transient with his spree. Right. It wasn't all in one area. Okay. Which is what makes this case really interesting. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So let's do it. Uh, this is the tale of Wu Bum Con. So uh, you're laughing again, man. I'm right, I'm <laughs> just. I'm just, just gonna call, call him, him I'm gonna call him Woo. It's just gonna be Woo. No, that's funny too. No, that's not funny. His name Woo! is Woo. John Woo. Oh, I did a murder. Woo! <laughs> it's funny. Just call him Con. No, I'm gonna call him Woo. I'm going. I'm, I'm Fine, sticking. Fine, but if my, I laugh, you can't blame I'm me. I'm sticking to my guns on this one, and so did Woo. Hey. Um. So there's not a lot to talk about in terms of his early life. Um. Because really, not a lot was known about him. Um. He basically was born on February 24th, 1955, in South Korea. Uh, he served in the South Korean Marines until 1978 when he was 23. Uh, in 1980, he was hired by the National Police. And eventually, in 1981, he was transferred to a local police station in Kung Yu. That's it. That's like, that's all that's known about his life. But already, that's quite... It fits in with a pattern. Like, obviously, yes. not everyone who's been in the Marines and then does police stuff is going to end up doing what he did. Mm -hmm. But... I'm sure if we found out more about his life, it would be it would seem fitting that he chose those things. Yeah, I'm also certain that he left the Marines when he was quite young, which means he signed up when he was quite young, which suggests that he had a history of violence or a history of uh, a need to be in a position of authority. Or at the very least, didn't have a sort of life plan in terms of maybe being in the Marines was like his only goal. And you know, like when you achieve your goal and then you're like, oh... What do I do now? I've got yeah. nothing left to do. Yeah. So either he didn't have a plan, so he was like, oh, I'll join the Marines, or he did have a plan, and his whole plan was Marines. And so either way, doesn't look good. No, no, not particularly. He, he, he definitely, so he left the Marines, and he immediately signed up to be a police officer. Trying to be a police officer is very prominent. I mean, I just finished listening to uh, the podcast Serial Chillers, and they did an episode on, I want to say, Dean Anthony? Maybe. Maybe. I, I but anyway, yeah, it's, it's you know, impersonating a police officer, trying to be a police officer, wanting to be a security yeah, I mean, guard, blah, Bund blah, blah. Bundy did the same thing. Like, yeah. a lot of people try and impersonate police officers or want to be in that position of authority. And he clearly uh, had some issues later on. You'll hear that his girlfriend said that he had, like, an inferiority complex. And he was, like, really the sort of guy who took everything very personally and got very overly defensive all the time. You're giggling. Why are you giggling? <laughs> Woo, bum. 
Fuck still. Like I didn't even say it. <laughs> I just remembered. <laughs> okay, let's like let's get let's let's get to the point where he becomes less of a funny, goofy, woo bum con character and starts becoming horrible. I, I do apologize um, if this is coming across insensitive. I am just very immature. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, I am. Um but we we don't have a lot of information about his early life, but in terms of the story, we have plenty about the day of what would be one of the biggest mass murders committed by a lone gunman in modern history. In the world? In the world. Whoa. Yeah. He had the biggest record from 1982 all the way until 2011. So he he was the most dangerous lone gunman in the world. Who beat him in 2011? Uh, I'm not sure. It was someone in America. Um, but it was a lone gunman sort of thing. Right. Uh, and literally, I'm pretty sure he's still the biggest mass murder in South Korea. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Jeez. crazy. I think the only time that like a mass death has topped him is when it was like a natural disaster or like a bomb or probably like jonestown or something yeah um so on april 26th 1982 Wu had an argument with his girlfriend apparently he got really okay i, fi I find this now you're laughing who's I immature this, now i find this so funny listen listen to the argument that started the series of events that led to a mass murder. Okay, I'm ready. He got really mad at her because he was woken up by her slapping his stomach because there was a fly on it. <laughs> Literally, she was just like, oh, I'm getting ready. Ah! Just like slaps the, his stomach and he just like wakes up and he's just like, oh my God, why did you do that? Oh my God. Yeah, super dumb. That was like the argument. I thought you were going to stop at just slapping stomach and he wakes up and she's playing the bongos on his fat belly or something. Oh my God. <laughs> he literally just wakes up and he goes like, oh, why you play bongo? Like, um, no, I'm not. I'm going to, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to. Try not to do the accent. I'm going to inadvertently do the accent every now and then and I'm sorry. Okay. Um, he got like super mad and left his house to head to the police station where he reported for duty at 4 p.m. On duty, apparently he got pretty drunk. Uh, he was just like drinking heavily because he was just sitting there like seething, like, oh, I'm fucking... I can't believe she slapped my belly. Just read it, sit on my berry. Um, <laughs> he was my friend. Yeah, literally just like, it's just a fly, man. Calm down. Um, at 7.30, he got home and beat the hell out of his girlfriend's Aww. furniture. Ha, got you. <laughs> he didn't beat his girlfriend. He just What smacked. a funny joke. Domestic <laughs> abuse, everyone. Oh. Ooh, the I height was, of comedy. I was joking that it wasn't domestic I know, abuse. I know. It'd be horrible if I was like, he smashed the uh, shit out of his girlfriend's objects. And she was one of them because he considered uh, her an uh, object. Uh, that would have been horrible. Yeah, but no, okay. I tricked you. He just broke some chairs. <laughs> like he smashed up some chairs uh, and like a sofa or something. Like he literally just started beating up some furniture. Maybe it's because there was a fly on it. Yeah, there's probably a fly on it, mate. So he then left and went to the reservists armory, which is just where the police keep their guns. And while he was there, he collected two M2 carbine assault rifles, 180 rounds of ammunition, and seven hand grenades. Yeah. This, this boy's loading up. How, I want to know what outfit he's wearing so he has this many pockets. Police officers. Police oh, outfit. Oh, of course. Yeah, his uniform. Yeah. Uh, some reports say uh, uh, like loads of officers were at a meeting, so like he got in without people noticing. But others mentioned that he had intimidated the guards to get access. And I love it. he just I like, don't but no he I just walks up and he's just like, You wanna fuck with me? I'll make a chair out of you. I've done it before. Like you should see the other guy. The motherfucker's kindling now. No, I, I fuck I, with chairs and don't make me fuck with you. I don't think that is plausible. Because police officers that are guarding the armory are not going to give in easily. Yeah, but this this guy could have been like a loose cannon. He could have just it been like a freaky dude. If he's not got a weapon on him, 
Yeah, and he's, I know. Wait, and he's waiting to like, get the weapons. But also, bear in mind, he's not just like a stranger coming in and scaring the police. He is a police officer. And he walks in and maybe they were like, yeah, we can't let you in here. And he like pulls rank or he says like, I'm going to get oh, you fired. Okay, or like, yeah. You know, he's so, not just the a the intimidating dude. violence thing, I don't believe. But pulling rank, I do believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he walked up and like scared the hell out it's of the like, guy. It's like, what are you like, going to do? We've got all the guns. You have none. Like, oh, you're going to hurt us. Oh. Yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, pulling rank, I can believe. Yeah. So, Wu has the guns. He has the motive. He has the go-getter attitude that is needed if you ever Woo! want to get up off the sofa, destroy that sofa, and then be inspired to kill a bunch of people. <laughs> um, around 9.30 p.m., Wu entered the local post office. Oh! oh. Yeah, blow it up, boy. Blow probably, it up. Probably real sick of the queue. He immediately killed three phone operators and cut off the telephone lines to the building. Now, I think he probably chose this location on purpose to go to first, because we are uh, to set the scene, right? Actually, before I go into this, this is important. Okay. The area of South Korea, Korea we're in, I can't even say South, South Korea, South Korea, <laughs> right? We're in South Korea. And basically it's a bunch of small villages and each village is about a mile or so away from each other. Now it's quite rocky terrain between them. It is, but it is quite a metropolitan village as in they have all the amenities they normally have. You know, there's a post office. There's like, it is a place where like a small town. Mm. But basically he's doing things like cutting off the phone lines to the post office in villages like that could cut off everyone's phone line. Uh. You know, things like that. So he operates in several small villages, which is why I compared him to Son of Sam who killed in the rich area of New York and the poor area. Mm. And it made him very difficult to isolate right. because he was killing all over the place. So it's important to set that up, right? One of the villagers was called Turongi. Uh, he threw a grenade and shot at passers-by in the marketplace. This killed six people and injured one. Oh my God. From this point, it's just crazy, right? He literally hiked from village to village, right? And just, or just as I was saying, all of these villages are quite close, but there's like rocky terrain between them. Also, there it takes like, about half an hour to walk a mile. So yeah. he's, it's not even like... He's driving around in a rampage. He no. has a long time and is exerting physical like energy you to get to this. the other place. You will see this. And he's still there angry. Is, there is time. There's, there's one moment later on, right, where literally he has time to think about what he's doing. Not only does he have time, his victims are humanized to him at one bit later. Mm. You'll love it's, it. This bit is crazy. Oh, I'll love it, Will. It. No, well, it's, it's very interesting. Okay, yeah. His rage at that goddamn fly slapping incident and no, it definitely that, wasn't no, I know. that. I know it wasn't. He just He's just a psychopath, essentially. Um, like, it, it was maintained for hours and hours. It's so, I don't understand how someone can stay angry for that long. I don't know. Like, I've, I just... I've been, I've been pissed off before, and it's been like a low-level seething for several days, but... But no, but like, a, like that level of rage. Oh, I, like, don't think, I don't think I've ever been at that level okay. of rage, let alone for that amount of time. But when we're like shouting at each other like properly shouting, which has only happened a few times in our relationship. Can you imagine sustaining that for like five hours? Man, that I'm, level? Like literally, every time we have an argument, I need a nap. Yeah. Like immediately. It's just exhausting. I normally just, I just, it's just like stop for a second. Siesta. And it's just like, <laughs> fuck yeah, man, let's go have a nap. Right, okay, so he's just continuing going around all these small villages. Uh, he uses his police officer status and, uh, and his uniform as a way to get into people's homes. Absolutely classic. Right. So this goes on for about an hour. He's just getting into people's homes and shooting them, essentially. Are people not hearing the gunshots and freaking out? Yes. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, but like they'll come in. So imagine you were at home, you hear these gunshots, and then a police officer knocks on your door and says, Hey, I'm here to deal with those gunshots. Can I come in? Ah, You'd be like, Hell yeah, come yeah. in. I'm scared of whoever's firing that gun. And he's just like, hey, 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 It's me. <laughs> right? Very sneaky. Absolutely. So uh, at about 10.30 p.m., Wu took an 18-year-old boy named Kim Ju Dong hostage um, and then ordered the boy to go get him a soft drink, right? Which seems like such an odd request at such an intense time. Like, this is such an intense scenario. And he's just like, he's just like... Well, he's just walked along. Yeah, he's, he's just thirsty. like, get on the fucking ground. I will kill you. Like, I've already killed three coffee tables and like 15 people. And he's just like, what do you want? And he's just like, Diet Coke. If you come back with a regular Coke, I will break you like a chelange. Literally, it's just like, seems like a very strange request. No, and, I, nah, I mean, you'd get thirsty. Wouldn't yeah, you fancy a Yeah, but you have nice a cold... gun. Why do you need a boy? Because you're holding the fort. You're keeping people down on the floor. Someone needs to no, no, fetch you a drink. It's just the boy. He's outside. It's just the boy. And he's just like, I could just walk in and get a soft drink. Whatever. I oh, don't that, understand oh, this yeah, person's okay, logic. That, yeah. He sent the boy in and followed in afterwards and attacked the store owner. Again, he followed so in So he didn't afterwards. even get his drink? Didn't even get his drink, mate. Stupid. Unbelievable. Stupid. Uh, unfortunately, the boy who was a hostage was killed, mm. as well as the as well as the shop owner's daughter and wife. Mm. The shop owner managed to escape with just a leg wound. Uh, Poor Wu, guy, he I just know, lost like everything. Like, absolutely, Ugh. it's just it's just horrific, man. Uh, Wu then carried on shooting in the village's marketplace, killing eighteen people. Eighteen. Yeah. Marketplaces. Okay. Marketplaces are literally like a haven. They are adorable. People are selling like fresh fruits. He got flower stalls in Cambridge where we're both from. They have that little used bookstore and like everything's like 50p for like a nice cute little novel. And they've got vine. Oh. And then there's the olive stall and they've got the raisins covered in yogurt. Well, remembering, by the way, just to clarify, Lux and I are both from Cambridge originally uh, after Sydney. But like for me, but there's a market in the center of Cambridge and it, it evokes memories. It is just adorable. I had, my, I had my first job on the market. I had I, my first job next to the market, so I'd always eat lunch in the market. It's just, markets are such a sweet place because it tends to be small vendors who are really friendly. It's a community area. And for him to go in and fuck it up and kill 18 people, to me it's like, if I was religious, it would sort of, not quite, but it's it's semi like going into like the church's youth centre or something like, do you know what I mean? Like it's Yeah, it's like a, it's like a place of community and yeah, yeah yeah to me it's like that's where all the small vendors come and they have a community and they've got little families and they're like hey there's you know oh whatever i just i i to me that's that this has hit you really hard i know oh my god i think it's because we're going home today and i'm like getting all sentimental about cambridge and the you know marketplaces are making me yeah the next episode home. is going to be recorded in cambridge Ooh, Ooh, is, if it's going to sound change. different it's going to sound like it's posher <laughs> Around us, you're going to hear... Sam, I don't think you can get posher than where we are living in London. I mean, fair. Fair enough. I mean, it's London. It's pretty posh. But Cambridge is uh, is posher. It's going to sound posher, but with a bit of countryside in it. A bit. It's going to be a calmer posh. Yeah. It's going to sound like I'm drinking tea while on a dog walk. Sort of kind of posh. Yeah. Whereas London is sound like a drinking a cup of tea and muttering about how angry I am about everyone else on the tube. Yes. Anyway, so... Uh, he kills 18 people oof, before hiking along to Pyeongchongni, which is a, another village uh, a little while away. Again, moving village to village to village to village. So he's just destroyed this small community event, taken 18 lives, plus the lives in the in the shop, 
and then walks to another village for like 30 minutes and he's just chill about this? Yep. What a psychopath. I'll go into this in a, in, in a, in a minute. Uh, Wu entered a house in this village and shot a family of four in their beds. He moved on to a second house. And this is the bit that I was talking about earlier, where his victims are like humanized and he still maintains this anger. Although this is pretty ridiculous, by the way. This is kind of, I, I, I hesitate to laugh because of the line, because of the, because of the lives that were lost. But given the context of what's happening, he, it's literally like he enters like a family sitcom. Like literally he walks in and it's like, it's uh, okay, I'll just go into it, right? Okay. There was a wake that was in progress in this house. Right? Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, it was a wake. Uh, the owner of the house understandably noticed an armed police officer and asked him like, the fuck, what's going on? Wu said that there was an alert because some North Korean agents had been spotted. Um, I feel like, sorry, on a side note, I feel like this might actually be like one of the best benefits of living in, like living next to North Korea is that you always have like a group to blame for shit. You're like, your food didn't cook right or you stub your toe. It's just like, goddamn North Korea. <laughs> like moving my furniture, fucking with my oven settings. Like, oh, goddamn, bloody North Koreans. I wish I had a scapegoat like that. Like, I, I wish I had someone to blame. Not to burst your bubble, but the British do blame a group of people. Not at the same level as North Korea. Mm, you, are, who are you talking? Are you talking about Scotland or Wales or Ireland? I'm talking about the massive Islamophobia that's going on in England right now. Like, not to get deep, but... No, I'm not talking about, like, genuine racism or xenophobia. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, having a group of people who are just, like, the weird cousin who's right. just, like, freaky. Okay. I'm not talking about... That's not me going here, like, oh, God, I wish I was racist. No. <laughs> no yeah, like, oh, God, I wish, like, Scotland were worse people I could blame. And I'm just yeah, there, like... God, I wish, God, I wish I could blame um, ethnic minorities for the day-to-day -day problems I have. Oh. Yeah. No, not saying that uh, okay. at all. Okay, I was going to say, like, like, Sam, what Imagine, <laughs> Imagine living next to North Korea. Like, I don't really want one to of the most that, ridiculous though, places in the world. You know North Korea? South Korea has the fastest Wi-Fi in the world. Mm. Genuinely, by a long fucking way. North Korea has, like, six websites. Well, yeah. Did you know that Grand Theft and Grand Theft Auto, the, the fake websites on the fake internet in the fake game, Mm. has more websites and internet content than North Korea. Wow. That is a fact. Wow. There is more internet content inside a computer, which is like a side part of GTA 5, than there is in the entire country, North Korea. I wish I was surprised. Yeah. I, it's just a cool fact, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, but imagine living next to that and just always being like, Kim Jong, <laughs> classic little, well, little bugger. Anyway, we should stop talking about this. Yeah, we should. Um, it's, getting, it's getting too heavy. Let's talk about some more innocent people dying. Yay. Um, <clears throat> so the man invited Wu in to dinner, which is super surreal. This is literally what I was talking about. Like, he's just stopping his murder spree to have dinner with some strangers. No, he actually accepts. He accepts and he goes in and has dinner with them. It's super weird. And apparently, this is what I love. It's kind of like he walks into Always Sunny. Genuinely, yeah. he walks in and apparently the man who invited in started complaining about his small salary and how he was annoyed he'd been transferred to a small town for his job. Just ignoring the two massive assault rifles on this police officer's back. Yeah. Like, and he's just like, like, that's it. Also, apparently other guests started saying that his ammunition didn't look real. What? I'm just sitting there just like, that doesn't look real, mate. What, you're a real police officer? That ammunition looks too big to be fake. Like literally that sort of thing. Because this is big ammunition. Wow. Literally that. 
which is a super weird thing to say to a police officer holding that and grenades, right? Super strange. Um, and then it gets a lot less like Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, apparently in an attempt to prove them wrong, that it was real, we began shooting all the guests. That actually does sound quite a lot like Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, it does actually, yeah. <laughs> sounds like something Frank w would do. Just yeah. like, oh, you don't think these are real? <laughs> so he killed 12 people in that house and then left and killed eight people in the street. 12 people in that yeah. house because they were all there for it was the wake. wake. Yeah. Fuck Bringing it. the death toll to this for this village alone to 24, right? If that happened in my village, that that's like half of my whole village back right? home. It's crazy. So That's yeah, that's insane. It's unbelievable. So pretty much because of the fact that this all occurred in these small villages, the terrain between them was quite rocky. You might be wondering why are the, are the police not there yet? And it's exactly this. Like he's in a village for such a small amount of time. Then someone calls and calls the police and the police are taking their cars and their vans. Over the rocky terrain. And driving, not over the rocky terrain, over very like winding small roads, mm. right? And I, I highly doubt that these rural villages in South Korea have very direct roads between all the villages. Yeah, and also they might not know which one he's headed to next. So like exactly. even if he leaves, and they can't exactly tail him because it's like which of these four windy roads do we take to find him? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it, it's, it's, it's really difficult, right? So they had to drive down these unkempt roads and find out the shooter was in, like, a different village. Uh, at around 1.40 a.m., uh, Wu found a small farmhouse belonging to a 68-year-old man and told him that he was chasing a communist and the mm. family should gather in the house so that he could protect them. But instead, he took them hostage. Two hours later, the police finally arrived, right? Because this is the first time that he's been stationary for the yeah. whole time he's done this. Why does, why does he... Because I think, honestly, I think he's ready to end it. Right. I think he's done. I think he's just tired. I think, I think he's starting to realize what he's done. I think he's tired. I think that intense anger that you were talking about, I think that's starting to wear off. About bloody time. Yeah. So the police closed in on the farmhouse and Wu, without any correspondence that I could find with the police at all, detonated two of his grenades, killing himself and three of his hostages the only survivor being the 68-year-old man, but he was severely injured. Gosh. So that is Wu Bun Con, right? I'm not laughing anymore. No, exactly. That was the end of his rampage. The total death count was 56 people in a day. Jesus. In a day, with 35 people being injured as well, over five different villages. Jeez. And as I said, Wu's girlfriend said that he suffered from an inferiority complex, like trying to figure out why this might have happened because there were no reports of like colleagues or friends. The only report is from his girlfriend. And I think that's quite telling, the fact that he didn't have friends to talk about him. He didn't have people to go, oh, I couldn't see this happening. Nothing. No yeah. one said anything. Yeah, so maybe right? a bit of a recluse. Apparently that uh, he had been super bothered by the villagers' comments about them living together without being married. Okay. That's like the only real motive that I can see. He had an argument. He's a bit. He has an inferiority complex, and he's pissed off at the villagers. That's it, right? And as a final little note, uh, the chief of police was suspended, and four other police officers were arrested for negligence of duty. Well, that's good. That's good because like they didn't seem to do very well at all, seeing as they only found him after he'd killed what fifty-one people, and after. He'd been sitting at a farmhouse for two hours. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's good that they actually took responsibility for that. Yeah. So that's my story. Just an insane spree killer. Not a lot of information, but I think it's like, it's, it's just such a telling. monumental event. Yeah. Especially because he held like the highest count. 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting that there's no information on like his early life and and indications None. of why he might do it. It's crazy. Like it's one of those things that just happened and people just went it kind of took the country by surprise. Yeah. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't they couldn't sit there and like it was so ridiculous. It it, it reminds me of how how the townsfolk must have reacted when they found Ed Gein's house. Mm. Like, you know, full of body parts, like covered wall to wall in literally human body parts with just like a box of feet in a like in the corner, like mm. stuff like that. It's so crazy that people just don't know how to react. Yeah. The, the motive isn't what you think about when you think this guy just walked around five villages and killed 54 people. You're just like, your worst reaction isn't just like, but I wonder why. It's just fuck. Yeah. What? I also, I think it's frustrating that he killed himself because we'll never be able to know. Yeah. And I think it's also selfish because there are so many, fa- 54 people, that's 54 families yeah. that deserve justice and they don't get it because he decided to take his own life instead of facing the penalty. Yeah. That that annoys me a lot. Yeah, it's absolutely horrible. Mm. But he's got a dumb fucking name and he's dead. So yeah, fuck you, Woo Bum. Yeah, Woo Bum Con, you bum face. <laughs> Nailed it. Right. All right. Is it is it time to move on? Should we move away from Woo Bum Con? Yeah, let's take a short break and we'll be back with my case. Yeah. And we're back. Sam, you feeling refreshed? I'm feeling very refreshed. We just, we both pooped. We both pooped. Not at the same time. Uh, no. To clarify. Um, yeah, I just wanted to um, say that I listen to podcasts when I poop so that Sam can't hear the plops. And I was just listening to the A Paranormal Chicks latest episode. Go check them out. They're great. Great poop material. Excellent poop material. And that is the highest of compliments. Although poop material just sounds like toilet paper. Mm, that's not what I meant, though. <laughs> anyway, right. Uh, do you want to go tell me about your story? Yeah, I'm going to tell you about something else that's crappy. Ba-dum-tsh. Just awful. <laughs> Just awful. Um, so this is the tale of the Carney cult. I'm not going to play a game because it's unlike any case I've ever come across. It is bizarre. Okay. Uh, it took me a long time to get the details. I actually ended up getting a lot of the details towards the end from court documents. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the articles were sort of like 10 weird cults you didn't know about and they literally had the same copy and pasted thing over and over. It's very difficult. So I don't have a lot about early life but I do have a lot about the crime. Oh. So I don't have a lot about their early lives but I do have a lot about the crime. The crimes? Crime? Crimes? It's I'll find one out. act but... Several crimes. Okay, I understand. So, this is the carny cult. So, it's a bunch of carnies, which are people who work for a carnival and travel around. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know that. I did know that. No, I mean, if the audience didn't know that, then there you go. But you should probably know what carny is. I mean, they've been everywhere for for always. So, this is 1991. And 15-year-old Mark Goodwin, who's a carny, started a cult that he named Satan's Disciples. It involved wild dancing, animal sacrifices, and sex rituals. Now, it says sex rituals, but I 
I couldn't find any details about whether it was just him or if other people were involved. It sounded like it was just him. Right. So it's just jacking off is the ritual. <laughs> I don't... I, I'm just imagining him, him dancing just, wildly him, on his own. Him just sitting like in his room on his own, just masturbating, just like, this is for you, Satan. Literally, that's what it sounds like. I um, just pretended to masturbate so furiously that I knocked my microphone. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Um, so he, he eventually stops his cult activity. I'm guessing the the lonesome dancing and animal sacrifices gets a bit boring. So he stops it. But then another carny called Keith Lawrence, who was also interested in Satanism, got Mark Goodwin back into it. And they opened up the cult again. And they both signed a contract with the devil in blood. You always need a good buddy to pick you up when you're down. Yeah. When you're sort of lax on your cult activities, it's always a good buddy who goes like, come on, man, for Satan. <laughs> for Satan, come, come on. on. Let's do it. Um, and this all happened in the span of one year. So in one year, he starts up a cult, loses interest, and restarts a cult, and then this stuff happens. So Can I ask where this is and when? It's in 1991, and it's in DeKalb County, Georgia. I'm yeah, not, okay, Georgia. Yeah, I'm not... DeKalb? DeKalb. I, I don't know. Georgia. Yeah. It was in For Georgia. Satan. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But they were traveling, so I don't know what their accents were. Oh, they're carnies. Yeah. yeah fair so enough. They yeah, travel all around. Um, so they're just at the DeKalb County Fair mm -hmm. working when this is happening. But when he first started the cult, I don't know where he was. Yeah. So they signed that contract with the devil. And then Keith's brother, David, got involved. And so did their friend, Jimmy Pennock. That same year... William Alt, who was another carny who worked with them, asked to join the cult. So you've got Mark Goodwin, who started the cult. You've then got Keith Lawrence, who convinced him to get back into the cult. Keith gets his brother David Lawrence involved, and then Jimmy Pennock gets involved. So you've got four cult boys, and then William Alt, who wants to be part of it. And a lot of the articles said, like, just like any boy this age, he really wanted to get fit in with his peers, blah, blah, blah. So, like... It sounds, like, uh, yeah. it sounds like he's not even that interested in Satanism. He just super wants to be one of the lads. It sounds like a weird... It's like a little boy group at this point. It's like yeah. a satanic Beatles. <laughs> at the beginning, it's just sort of like... Paul's just like, I don't know if I like it. And John's just like, no, come back. Let's have a good time. Let's play some music. And then that other guy's like Ringo. He's just up there going like, boys, do you mind if I play with you? <laughs> like... It's like it's the Satanic Beatles. All right, Satanic Beatles. I don't know. I like. I'm gonna picture it like that from now on. Okay. Um, they wrote Helter Skelter. They can be. A, they can be satanic. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, so it gets a bit graphic later on. But hey boys, really, do you wanna start a cult with me? <laughs> oh, all right, John. <laughs> You're loving this. I do. I love yeah. The Beatles voices. They all have the same voice in my head. It's just like, oh, should we do this? Yeah, all right, John. Yeah. They okay. do all have the same voice, don't they? Like the, when you picture yeah. it. Yeah, or, except for George Harrison, because he never spoke. He was, an, he was an enigma. That. Which one was that? He was the one who never spoke. All right. Um, so, yeah, gets, content warning gets a bit graphic later on, but for now, it's all roses, kind of. So the five boys, they were traveling carnies together, and they were working at the DeKalb County Fair, which is what I already said. But for some reason, although they all worked together, all around the same age, all traveling around together, the, the four boys rejected Alt, they said no. Okay. When he asked to join, and he was he was a bit upset about this. Yeah, I can imagine if five like carny workers who've started worshiping Satan together come along, and you try and join their gang, and they're just like, "Yeah, no," 
That's not nice. It's like, nice. how am I not good enough for you? You're trash anyway. It's like being turned down by the grossest girl at the party. Yep. And I can say that with confidence because that's happened to me. <laughs> that's happened to me several times. Because if I'm scraping, <laughs> if I if I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel, they've gone through the bottom of the barrel and are now scraping a different grosser barrel. Not anymore, babe. <laughs> You're fit now. Oh, stop. Um, but no, it was just four. It was five if you include Alt. Mm-hmm. So they were just four boys. Um, so Alt, as anyone would do, decided to blackmail the boys into letting them in. Instead of saying, I'll tell your mum that you smoke pot or whatever, he says to Jimmy Pennick and Keith Lawrence, hey, you know that murder you did earlier this year? I'll tell the police about it. Oh. Yeah. Did they do the murder? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, what? That's it. This is literally, how old are these guys? 15. They're, they're actually that young? Yeah. Oh my God. So it's literally like a kid being like, my mum says that, my mum told your mum that you have to let me come around your house. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, for fuck's sake, man, why are you here? And he's just like, can we play video games? And you're just like, no. Yeah. Oh, man. It's like, let me into your cult. No, I'll tell him about the murder. Like, uh, it's literally fine. that, except so serious because there's a murder involved now. And obviously there's animals. Fine, sacrifices. Ringo, you can play drums in our cult. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll learn a bit more about this murder earlier that happened earlier in the year, later on in the episode. Mm-hmm. But there was very little information on it. But apparently they did kill a boy earlier that year. Those two, Keith and Pennick. So, they go... Uh, all right, okay, we'll let you in. All right, fine. Uh, but we do need to do an initiation ceremony. So on September 25th, 1991, Goodwin asked his friend Brenda Ferguson to help him find a secluded location for Alt's initiation into the cult. After the carnival had closed, the Lawrence brothers, Pennick and Goodwin drove Alt to the secluded area. They had prepared a makeshift altar from a door and told him to lie on it. They tied and gagged him once he lay on it. And then Keith prayed to Satan before Pennick took a knife and cut Alt from his neck to his stomach. What the fuck? The four boys then took turns cutting inverted crosses all over Alt's body. Oh my God. It gets worse. Goodwin reportedly attempted to cut out Alt's heart and one of the other boys tried to cut off Alt's ear. Alt was alive during all of this. He did not die from the initial wound. Fuck. And he was responding to questions. Pennick asked Alt if he was ready to die. Alt responded, presumably saying no, but there aren't any, I couldn't find any records of what he said. And then Pennick slit Alt's throat. Oh my God. So Alt dies at this point. He's just been tortured. fucked. By these boys that he looked up to and thought were his friends and thought he was finally going to be in with. After this, they decapitated him and they cut off his hands. They attempted to burn the hands and I'm presuming that they cut them off and tried to burn them because of fingerprints mm. before they left his body in a field. Pennick claimed that the reason he cut off Alt's head was to save the skull, quotes, for a friend. <sighs> yeah. This is so weird. It's so weird. And they're like 15. Yeah. Fuck. Goodwin was 15. I'm assuming the other boys were around the same age, but I couldn't yeah, find like their roughly ages. Yeah, like like teenagers. They're all teenagers. They then, this bit is just cruel. Like, the, like the, obviously the torture is cruel, but this just goes to show how little they cared about mm-hmm. this life they ju- just took. 
they took all the money out of Alt's pockets and went to go buy some food at Arby's. Oh, man. Yeah, so after yeah just the, how little they care. And also, how can you eat after that sort of thing as well? Fuck, yeah. Like, that's disgusting. They have no guilt and they are not phased by the, like, gruesome torture they've just... How the fuck do you manage to find, by the time you're 15, three other incredibly sociopathic Satanists, right? Like, if I find another person who likes true crime, I get excited. Yeah. Right? And these guys found people to kill with. Yeah. Right? I, I can't do that. I, I, I don't understand. I think... I can't do... I, I struggle to recommend podcasts for the first three times I meet someone. Right? I struggle to be like... I, if I wear my last podcast on the left t-shirt and people are like, what's that? I'm like, nothing. Look away. Look away. Shut up. Wait a couple of weeks. I'll tell you. Like, fuck, man. That, that, that's so messed my up. My feeling about it is, and this is just a hunch, is that they're all young and Keith and Goodwin have sort of this bond. Maybe they're the older ones. Maybe they're just the more charismatic ones. And then Keith gets his brother involved and then Jimmy Panic also gets involved. Maybe they're easily influenced by these two boys. So maybe yeah. he just found one other Satanist and they inf influenced some others. It sounds like those two boys, like the de facto cult leaders. Yeah. Like they become the charismatic leader that you follow. But Pennick is the one that actually slit the throat and cut from, from throat to stomach. Jesus. And he wasn't one of the original cult leaders. Yeah, so true. It's, I don't, yeah, I, I am confused as to how he, how they found each other and how they got involved yeah. this heavily in this sort of thing. So, they get captured because Mark Goodwin's dad, I don't know how he knew this, but he knew where the body was and he tipped the police off. So okay. Mark, Mark Goodwin's the one that started this all. Yeah, yeah. And I guess he told his dad what he did. I don't really know. It's weird. But in any case, the boys got arrested. And on November 23rd, 1993, Jimmy Lee Pennick versus the state of Indiana, Supreme Court of Indiana. That's when he was tried for murder. The trial began. So the others were tried separately for lesser charges. He actually killed Alt. So he was tried for murder. Yeah. So he pled guilty in exchange for the withdrawal of the death penalty and was sentenced to 60 years, which is the maximum he could have been sentenced to. Other than death, but obviously he had a plea. Yeah. December 19th, 1995, so two years later, Pennick appealed this sentence. So the the court trial that he had was about his sentence. He already It wasn't about whether or not his he was guilt. guilty. Yeah, because yeah. he pled so, guilty. So he appealed the sentence and said that a bunch of things that happened at the sentencing trial were off. Okay. Now, I know you don't really like court proceedings that as much I, as I, I do. I don't mind them. I think I think they become very samey. I really... What I love is a really well-constructed argument. Mm. Uh, just in general. You know, I studied philosophy, like we both did, but like a well-constructed argument that's sound and valid and like is difficult to come back, combat against is just beautiful. And I find court proceedings like that super interesting. But I, I find, find where someone's just like, objection, technically the fibers could have also been from a rare Guatemalan pig dog that's only found in Peru. And you're just like, well, this is set in America. And he's just like, well, technically there's a one in four million chance that that pig dog could have been the murderer. So we can't make this a guilty case. Are you case, talking about owl theory? Is this, is this I mean, what you're alluding to? <laughs> partly the owl theory. It's just like, there was a feather somewhere. Case closed. Like, I fucking, you know. Okay. Just, All right. Let me just go into the court proceedings because you might find them interesting because it is essentially his defense attorney saying 
he shouldn't have been sentenced to the maximum, which was 60 years, which he was sentenced to, because of these things. Okay. And the judge disagreed and said, no, I'm going to uphold the sentence. And you can do this by basically saying there was one aggravating factor or several of the other, I can't remember what the word is, but like little ones. Okay, so these are the 10 aggravating factors for rejecting Penick's appeal for mm -hmm. a lighter sentence. One, Penick has a history of delinquent and criminal activity. Two, he's in need of correctional or rehabilitative... Is that how you say Rehabilitative, it? yeah. Rehabilitative treatment that can best be provided by his commitment to a penal facility for the reason that past foster home placements, multiple probations, and multiple periods of incarceration for brief times have not caused him to cease criminal activity and to become rehabilitated. Now... That was a lot of words. That was a lot of words, but essentially what the judge is saying there is he's been in trouble a lot in the past, which I didn't find in any other articles. I only found this in the court proceedings. The judge says he's been in trouble a lot. He's been in foster homes. He's been in prison. He's been on probation. None of this has helped, and he's gone and murdered two people. Yeah. So... Wait, no, by two people, do you mean the murder that, like, was, that had happened that earlier was used in as blackmail? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that comes out in court. Okay. And he's there like, none of this has helped. So I think the only thing we can do is lock him up, which I agree with. Then there's a bunch of stuff I think you would find boring, but they did bring up the 10th um, aggravating factor was the second murder. And in August of 1991, he murdered a man in Fulton County, Ohio, and he also cut his throat with a knife. Oh, okay. Oh. So he's got a oh, pattern. That changes a lot. Mm. Because in my head, I was still picturing these 14, 15-year-old Beatles. And essentially, there's like this one charismatic leader who's just like, go on, John, slit his throat, right? And it's just like, so Pennant was like under the influence of these cult leaders. That's what you think until you that's find out. That's what I out. thought. But then, oh, actually, that's a pattern. This is a sociopathic killer who wants, who's who has a motive. Who's been in trouble in the past. Has a modus operandi. That's, oh, that's so interesting. Yes, exactly. So... That's why it's, I read out the bit about the judge as well, because it's important to note that not only has he been showing escalation, but he now has a, an MO. And I'm the way I'm picturing it now is he's the one leading the torture of Alt, and he's the one who like volunteers to slit his throat. Because if you've done it once and then you do it again, you probably enjoy it. They did the old flipper flipperoo of the perspective there. Because from the way it was described, and I'm sure actually from the way the court saw it, was that the two originators were the leaders and this other kid was like forced into doing something and then was taking the heat. No, I did the flippy flop for you. Ah, uh, you did the flippity You're flop. You're welcome. I enjoyed it. It was a nice flippity flop. Thanks. Oh, so you know, I was talking about smaller factors. They're called mm -hmm. mitigating factors. So Penick's de defense argued that the trial court failed to consider mitigating factors, which were clearly supported by the record. One, that Pennock had an abusive childhood. The court noted this, but declined to consider, consider it a mitigator in this case. The court held that, quote, horrible, chaotic, abusive, violent life was an explanation for the crime, but didn't justify or excuse it. Yeah, it's, it's an explanation, not an excuse. Exactly. Which is why we like to talk about the, the lives of these, these criminals when we do this yeah. podcast, because it's interesting to see why, but it doesn't excuse it at all. Yeah, absolutely. It's important to understand where this stuff comes from. But it's like it's like when you bring your homework in late and you're like, sorry, miss, uh, I was I was doing this thing and then a dog attacked me and then I had to got chased by a falcon and the police and, the, and the, the teacher's just like, I don't want an excuse. And you're just like, it wasn't an excuse. 
It was an explanation. Yeah. That always made me so mad. I know. Can you... I go off on a, just a little tangent? How much time have we got left? A little bit. All right. right. This always annoyed me at school. I'm getting really heated. This is something that really annoyed me because it was so illogical, right? I'd be like, you know, 12, 13, and a teacher would come in and I'd be like, I'd be like, I haven't done my homework, right? Fair. And the teacher would be like, what, you know, oh, I'm annoyed you haven't done your homework. And I'd be like, okay, so here's what happened. In no way am I trying to excuse myself but here are your two options, right? You bring in your homework late. Either A, you explain why it happened, show you're not a terrible person, and go like, here's what happened. Or the other option is, yeah, fuck you, didn't do it. Why? <laughs> not going to tell you why. I didn't do it. Yeah. Right? That always annoyed me But then me they'd so get much. angry when you explained because they'd, they'd get think mad. you're trying to excuse yourself. Yeah, oh, yeah. man. Anyway, sorry. That, oh, that, that, I know, that, I know. I was a, I was a, I was a difficult kid in school. <laughs> I was I was not a good person. I my, was an angel. Classes. I was a prefect. Well, you were a prefect. Oh heck yeah! I was a head of house because later in the, my school year, I became I became a, a good little goody boy. Oh, I was a goody all the way through. Oh, fair enough. Little nerd. Yeah, nice. Having lunch I was in the a, library. I, I was a charismatic cult leader. <laughs> you literally you could be so easy. We're going off on a tangent. Here we go. So, Penick's defense also argued that. Uh, he acted under the influence of his strong beliefs in Satanism, but that he'd converted to Christianity while in prison, and that should be considered as a mitigating factor. Uh, oh, I'm a good little Christian boy now. Let me out. I only killed two people. Yeah, <laughs> Christians have never done anything bad to anyone. <laughs> they also claimed that his sincere remorse should be a mitigating factor. Mm, no. I got really sad about it, and that's why I wrote Hey Jude. <laughs> They also argued that the 60-year sentence is manifestly unreasonable when compared to the sentences given to the others who were involved in the murder. I was actually going to ask that. I'm going to get on to that now. So, Keith, who was the other leader mm -hmm. alongside Goodwin, was sentenced to 50 years with 20 suspended, don't know what that means, for conspiracy to commit murder. David, who was Keith's brother, pled guilty to assisting a criminal and was sentenced to eight years. Goodwin, who was the original cult guy, mm -hmm. pled guilty to assisting a criminal and battery committed by means of a deadly weapon. He was sentenced to eight years for each charge, but was to serve them concurrently. So he only served eight years in total. Now, I think the other ones are fine because David didn't actually do that much. Yeah. And Keith gets 50 years, which is a long time. That's a long time. Goodwin, whose idea this was and who was involved in the first murder... Gets off with eight years? Yeah, I don't think so. I think that does seem pretty unfair. Although, as you said, that whole flippity flop switcheroonie, yeah. that changes everything. Because although he was the originator, that doesn't mean that he's like the person in charge. He's the one running I, it. You know? I think that eight years is too light a sentence. But, oh, for sure. But I yeah. don't think that that should be used to reduce Penick's sentence. I think it should be used, Penick's sentence should be used to increase Goodwin's sentence. Yes. So they should say, look, this guy actually did the killing, but it was your idea in the first place, so you should have more responsibility for it. I mean, legally speaking, you know, like... Goodwin's the one that asked for the secluded yeah, area as well. For it. Yeah, but like, again, like, on paper, all he did was go out... I mean, yeah, he was influential, okay. and he definitely should okay. be there assisting, but like, if he didn't actually do a lot... Let's think of what he was actually charged with. He was charged with assisting a criminal and battery committed by means of a deadly weapon. He could also be assisting with um, abuse of a corpse. He could be assisted with, um, what's it called when you like hide a criminal because he knows that a Pennick- Harboring. Harboring a fugitive or whatever. Because mm -hmm. Pennick, um, 
murdered that boy earlier in the year, he could also be charged with obscuring the course of justice. He could be charged with so many little things yeah. that I think they could have made it like 20 years or something. I yeah, think they could have it's also it. It's also a little difficult given that they're, they're, they're still kids. Yeah. And I think, I think I understand the perspective of the court going, look, unless he actually did it, we don't want to like ruin this kid's life. And also maybe the fact that Pennock had like a history of delinquency, maybe Goodwin didn't. And maybe yeah. that factored in and they thought, okay, well, Pennock can't be rehabilitated, but Goodwin can. I don't really know. Like I said, there was very little information about this. But I do think Goodwin deserves more time because yeah. if you are going to start something, unless you extract yourself from it because you go, this has gone too far, you are partly to blame. Yeah. If you start it and then you're there when the shit goes down and you don't protest, maybe it's because he told his dad where the body was. Oh, that could have been something. He's he he initiated the events that caught them. Yeah, that could be part of it. Yeah. Also, he pled guilty. Yeah, true. He could have been given a lighter sentence. I wish he had to serve the two eight years consecutively, though. That yeah. would have been sixteen years. I'd be happy with that. But the fact that they were concurrent kind of pisses me off. Concurrent sentences are quite a weird thing. I know. I don't. I, mean, I don't enjoy. I guess the only thing that can happen is you go to a more higher security prison, or you go for technically a more violent crime, which means you get different treatment in prison. But mm. I don't know. Seems a bit of a weird one to me. So, I'm going to end this on a quote from Keith Lawrence, who remember got 50 years with 20 suspended for conspiracy to commit murder. So it's a big. He's a, he's a big boy in this case. Also. Barbara, I think was her name, the one who helped who them found find. the secluded spot. Yeah, nothing about her anywhere. Well, I mean, all she did was... No, 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 I know. All I, she did was say, yeah, here's where not a lot of people go. Yeah, no, I know. I could do that right now. I'm not going to get arrested. I found it very... Around the corner where those homeless people take heroin. Not a lot of people go there. That's true. Yeah, I'm not going to get, arre <laughs> but, get arrested for that. <laughs> I, all I find interesting is that she, her, she was named in the court documents and then never mentioned again. Yeah. I found that very strange. Like, why bring up someone's name in court, especially a minor, when... Anyway, I just Do found you know, I think I think there's a good chance, especially since I, I'm guessing she wasn't really a witness. Mm. I'm guessing she just, like, uh, refused to testify in exchange for, like, giving information. I imagine she gave information to the prosecution yeah. in order, so that she didn't have to testify yeah, and probably. she wouldn't be named. Probably. Anyhow, Keith Lawrence's quote, he said that Satanism was like a drug... You get high, and once you're over it, you've got to inject even more than the first time. Wow. The end. That is horrible PR for Satanism. Yeah. I have a friend. He's a Satanist. Wait, which one? Pete. Which Pete? Yeah, not, Pete not, the shirt? No, not Pete the shirt. I love the way we sound like fucking East London gangsters. Like, no, nah, not fucking Pete the shirt. No, nah, he's a good old boy. Which Pete? Not Johnny the Yat. Not Louis the... Shoe? The, not Louis the Shoe. Louis not, the Shoey. Not Louis the Shoe. Not fucking Dan the Gazebo. None of them. No, no. It's just a guy called Pete who I worked with in the bars. Lovely guy. He He's a Satanist. I mean, and all the was... last podcast on the left people are Satanists as well. Like, Well, Sa Henry Zabrowski. The other two are like, yeah. But, but basically, the main tenets of Satanism are essentially atheism. Yeah. Like, that's the main tenets of Satanism. The Satanism... That we're talking about. That I think that's non-theistic Satanism, and this is theistic yeah. Satanism. Well, theistic Satanism is a very weird one, and it's very rare because if you are a theist and you believe in God and you believe in Satan, and you back Satan, and you but you, but you believe the Bible, you're a very weird individual. Well, 
No, I know the things of like, well, Satan technically killed six people and God killed like four million. And also the fact like, that Satan was just like, no, I don't want to obey this. What's what's the word for when you've got like a, a leader who can't be contested? Dictator. Yes. I don't want to be part of this dictatorship. And then God's like, fine, I'm going to put you in a hole in the ground and like set you on fire for the rest of your eternity. Yeah. Jim Jeffries has a really good stand up bit where he talks about like, he was like, people read the Bible and he's just like, that's God's book. Yes! It's like, we haven't heard Satan's book. Exactly. Satan's being the bigger guy. Just going like, oh, he's fucking talking shit Ooh. about me. I'm, I'm stepping out, mate. I'm stepping out. You think what you want to think. I'm going to be the Actually, bigger man Actually, I have here. a book recommendation. Oh, yeah? So, I read this years ago, so I can't properly remember, but I do know that it was essentially Satan's book. It was oh. written from his perspective. It's called The Misadventures of the New Satan. Okay. I've actually got it at home. I might reread it because I remember thoroughly enjoying it. And the premise was God got to tell his story. Satan didn't. Yeah. That was the premise. So check it out if you are if you want to read Satan's story. But yeah, you're right. This is bad PR for Satanism because Satanism is actually fine. <laughs> like you don't have to do the animal rituals. You don't have to do the sex rituals. Yeah. You don't have to murder anyone. You uh, Look, it's, it's in the same way that like uh, general Judeo-Christian monotheistic religions work. Mm. In the same way, it, it varies all the way from like, I'm a good Christian. I go to church every Sunday and I treat my kids and my fellow man with respect. All the way to like, I have 43 wives and I beat all of them. And because God says you have to love me, I get to do it and it's fine. Like it stretches all the way yeah. from like, from like literally just like Church of England, you know, just Protestant, you, you believe in God, but that's just a thing, all the way to like Church of Latter-day Saints and like Christian cults yeah, and yeah, shit. Yeah, right? yeah. So Satanism has that variation as well. It does, yeah. So yeah, that was my first ever cult on the podcast. I don't think, I don't think we've ever no mentioned this before, but Lux... I hesitate to say loves. Oh, no, no I love it. them. Lux, I love them. Lux loves cults. Like, they, they're I so fascinating. Cults. Like the way... That their leaders work is just fascinating. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy learning about how a cult starts and the manipulation that is involved in getting people to join and then the stripping of their humanity to make them stay. It I is. think that's psychologically fascinating. From a psychological standpoint, it's amazing. Like how Scientology use shitloads of acronyms. They make everything into an yes, acronym. Yes, you have to know their yeah? special language. You have to know, it's like they're talking a different language mm. and it starts to become your own vernacular. Yep. And then when you talk to someone outside of the cult, they don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So you about. feel alienated and therefore From them, you feel more You only part feel of the comfortable cult. talking to the cult. It's 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 amazing It's thing. incredible. Also with a lot of serial killers, and another reason why, I think we should do more cults, absolutely. Yes, please. We should start doing more cults. Um, I want to do the Order of the Solar Temple, which I don't think you've heard of before. I haven't heard of a lot of cults. It's you've fantastic. done a lot more research into cults oh, than I have. Oh, so many. Um, but one thing that's super interesting with it's serial killers, a lot of it is sort of unintentional. It's like, oh, I have this desire. I'm going to do it. I'm going to kill this person. And they like get caught because they don't cover their tracks or Richard Chase just covers himself in blood and runs around with a box full of wet paper full of blood and shit like that, right? Whereas with cults, you, you can't stop but think this is deliberate. Like because it is. what they do. I mean, a lot of it, I mean, I think to a certain extent, sometimes when you talk about cults, you're putting a lot of respect or, or you're... you're um, bestowing agency to a lot of the actions that a cult leader might do mm. that turn out to be psychologically beneficial to the upkeep of the cult. Mm. But 
a lot of it is intentional. Like we're going to use acronyms for everything. Uh, we're going to have different stages. We're going to keep everyone in the lower levels in the dark. So when you move up, you learn a bit more, air quotes, yeah. and you're not allowed to tell the people below. So the yeah. people below, everyone is always looking up to the leader and saying, God, I want to be up there and looking down and saying, oh, I don't want to be there. And that like psychologically messes with your head. That yeah. means the only way to do it is to get put more into the cult. God, I, it's interesting. I feel like also it's interesting because we've been going on for ages, but I don't care. It's I think fine. it's super interesting. I think it's also interesting when you compare it to governments as well, because a lot of the case that is how a government works when they do cover-ups and when they are passing laws that they know won't be popular. So you've got the interns running around wishing they knew more and then they sit in on a meeting and then it's like, we'll promote you if you don't say anything. And like, yeah. I find it really interesting to see the sort of ways that cults work and we very obviously condemn them. Mm -hmm. And then you see how it works in, for example, abusive relationships. You see a lot of yeah. cultish behavior. In government, you see a yeah. lot of cultish abusive behavior. Abusive relationships are actually a really, really excellent metaphor mm -hmm. or analogy mm -hmm. for cults. Because like, uh, I mean, look, traditionally it's the man being aggressive against the woman. Like mm. that's obviously a domestic violence happens both ways. And I have friends who've experienced that and it's horrific. Yeah. But generally speaking, it's the man against the woman. And the woman is there like, I have put so much into of myself into this relationship. Yeah. I can't just leave. I'll have nothing left. I will have nothing left. In the same way that it's like, if you join a cult, you're like, I left my family. Or even worse, I brought my family into the cult. Yeah. And I can't just turn around mm. because they're all here and I have done this to them. The guilt of like how you'd feel if you lost your new cult family and you also lost the family because you brought them fucking into the cult. Yeah. God damn. Okay. I, I think we need to have this conversation another time. I think we do. I what Because we brought up domestic abuse naturally, I would just like to point out that with the World Cup going on, domestic abuse rates are sort of predicted to rise to rise um and so we are going to put some domestic abuse helplines in the comment in the note show notes um because it's a scary thing and we don't want anyone to feel like they're alone and we want people to be aware of how they can reach out yeah in a time of like sort of patriotism almost where there's yeah. a lot of masculinity there's it's a lot of this turbocharged, excitement yeah. and anger it's this turbocharged masculinity that's like been oppressed mm. and it means that a lot of men are going around one getting drunk two but getting ridiculously pumped up and three potentially getting really pissed off yeah and it's just a horrible time so yeah those helplines will be in there it's a really really important time if you know anyone who is experiencing that especially now is a yeah. time to keep an eye maybe on invite them over when you know that an important match is going on maybe do something like that give them a safe place to go yeah during this time and maybe you can even convince them that they won't be losing everything if they yeah. leave as well Anyway, that's that's the end of our podcast. That is the end of the uh, show. I think that that sounds like a quite a negative thing to end on, but I think it's a good thing. I, I think it's, yeah. it's we're, we're trying to we're trying to help. Like you guys, there's a things to watch out for, and hopefully the helplines will help, and talking to people will help. Yeah, it's a positive thing. It's hey, go out and help your fellow people. Yeah. So, so on that, that note, um, let's do some little plugs. Yeah. Go, <laughs> I absolutely. tripped over that word so, so much. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and a bunch of other podcast hosting sites. Uh, give us a rating. Give us a five-star review if you want. That's always super lovely. We super love it when nice. you guys do that. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Killing It Crime. You can find us on Twitter at Killing It Crimecast. And you can email us at killingitcrimecast at gmail.com. That is exactly what you can do. But we have not yet received an email. We've received one through our website. We haven't received an email directly to our email address. All right, granddad. You know every email comes through 140 characters now. 
every emails on Twitter. No, just, we've had we've had a bunch of DMs. That's the, uh, the, I'm we're just saying it would be nice because I set up an email account and all I'm getting is Facebook notifications and yeah, our fax number is oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> fax number. We have a carrier pigeon landing space on our balcony, <laughs> and if you do send a messenger boy, I will give him a crisp half penny. <laughs> Also, we do have a Patreon, so if you are not musically inclined, but you'd still like to send a little gift Sam's way for his birthday, you can always become a Patreon, and it's a gift for yourself, because you get bonus apps, you get ad-free content, you get the works, and yeah. depending on what tier you get, um, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, yeah, I think I have on air, so at the very top tier, I do a watercolour of a serial killer, and we write a little punny thank you note. Uh, we will also send you badges and stickers and you. we are going to do some voting on episodes at some point. So would you like Lux to talk about cults or Sam to talk about, I don't know, Yeah, ghosts? I or you can, give me, you can give me things to read and I will do dramatic reinterpretations. Oh, yeah, them. that would be good. They love yeah, your if dramatic you give me, readings. If you give me things to read, I'll do it. I'll fucking do it. You watch me. Well, listen to me. You All right. You can't watch me do it. <laughs> maybe maybe we could do some videos. They can see your beautiful Ooh. face. Anyway, we got some stuff coming up. If you want to be a patron, that would be great. If not, thank you so much for listening and goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>